Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters. Here now, the continuation of this creation story from Genesis 1, verses 20 through 27. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves, of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Creation is about the process, not the product. American writer and civil rights activist James Weldon Johnson's poem, The Creation, describes God's thinking in the act of creation in great detail. In the first stanza, though, he says this, And God stepped out on space, and he looked around and said, I'm lonely. I'll make me a world. I agree with our poet, The poet and God invite us into the creation narrative, into God's thought process. Maybe for not always for the reasons that we ordinarily would think. Genesis 1 is not for a long, long time ago, but this creation narrative speaks about us in our modern day. We are also invited to be a part of this making process. The concept of creation is most certainly nothing new. 
In college, as a religion and art history double major, I will never forget reading the number of different creation narratives and seeing the images that go along with them, ranging from the ancient Near East to South America, all of which have a similar idea that our creation narrative is a process, and we are each invited into it. But let's press pause on that for just a moment. The question of creation and how we all came to be, how this earth came to be, how these living creatures came to be, is a question which we as a church, Universal, have been wrestling with for a long, long time. The question of how we were created and the concept of creationism versus evolution debate has been discussed in the PCUSA for over 50 years. Our church has long concluded that they are indeed compatible, that you most certainly can have both and still be faithful. In 1969, the Presbyterian Church's governing body amended its previous position on evolution to affirm that evolution and the Bible do not contradict each other. At the time, the church stated that it should carefully refrain from either affirming or denying the theory of evolution. And church doctrine continues to hold that humans are a unique creation of God made in God's image. Fast forward to the 214th PCUSA General Assembly in 2002, when the assembly reaffirmed that God is creator in accordance with witness of the scriptures and the Reformed confessions, and reaffirmed there is no contradiction between an evolutionary theory of human origins and the doctrine of God as creator. The assembly also called upon Presbyterian scientists and science educators to assist congregations, presbyteries, communities, and the public to understand what constitutes reliable scientific knowledge. The conversation on the compatibility between evolution and faith came up again in 2014. Surveys were done within Protestant groups, including the PCUSA, and concluded that the details around the evolutionary process have varying perspectives. Among those who express a belief in human evolution, just 32% take the view that evolution is due to natural processes such as natural selection. For Protestants who say that humans have evolved over time, the group is divided over whether evolution is due to natural processes or whether it was guided by a supreme being with 36% on each side. No matter, though, what view we may fall under in terms of all of the details on our evolutionary process, we can be inspired by the infinite number of scientific findings we have learned about creation and the earth, which continue to reveal how amazing this creation is. There is exceptional beauty that comes from our scientific understanding of the world and creation. Although it is different from this initial creation story, it is equally important in understanding our humanity, 
and essential as we dive into the intricacies of our world and how it was created in the beauty of science God has given us. We can then be inspired to create in our own lives, in our community, a place that feels cared for in whatever ways that we can care for it. Because although we are not worthy of it, we are given the spirit who breathes life into every living thing that surrounds us. One theologian explains that God is the creator of the world. But the primary focus is not that God created the world, but why God created the world. His reasoning, God loves humans. God's specialty is loving and caring for creation. Indeed, that must be our specialty too to be inspired to create, to continue the creating and becoming of ourselves, to make our specialty loving and caring for all of God's creation, to create lives that care for all in this created world, no matter our age or where we are in life, we are indeed each always changing. In one of my favorite childhood books, one of the young teenage characters put it so well. You are always becoming a different you. In our becoming, in our creating, we can change and realize the need to prioritize love. To put love for the created before easiness before our carelessness and our longing to ignore the pain of the earth and beings around us, to make loving our specialty. Creation is about the process, not the product. The most important part of the conclusions about the bringing together of science and our faith as a church is the pointing to the process, and even more essentially for the work we do here as a church in communicating about our faith life, in our spirituality, education, worship, and even more in naming for ourselves our very belief that this being, this creator, our creator, exists for us. A phrase which has stuck with me for at least 15 or more years was when a pastor of mine preached on Genesis 1 and spoke about how the first chapters of Genesis very likely didn't happen exactly this way. But the preacher whispered to the congregation, it may have not even happened but it doesn't make it any less true. As believers, we are called to question what we believe in order to deepen our faith, 
And often it is both the analytical and the experiential parts of our faith which help us engage in all of these big questions about creation and how we came to be and continue to come to be. Creation is about the process, not the product. One of the most beautiful images of Genesis 1 is the very image of God's own spirit, or ruach. The spirit is entering into what would in fact be chaos, and by doing so, completely changes the chaos into something unbelievable and something incomparably beautiful. The transformation of chaos to heaven and earth. It is in this place then that humanity and even before humanity, all of the living things and all of the creatures are given a place to live and thrive. It is truly a power given to all living things. Most definitely not humans alone, but to every tree, body of water, and living thing, as it is mentioned, in fact, at the very beginning of creation. It is the ruah, this spirit, or this breath of God, which allows for these things to have something extremely powerful in them. It is this spirit which we identify as a breath or even as a wind to not only be passive and in the background of creation, but is indeed the very thing that gives it life. The very translation of ruah identifies that this comes from a rational being, a being with expressions and functions. The Spirit gives more than simply a sense of peace, but provides us with the energy and life to remain alive. And yet so often we don't recognize that the Spirit is indeed in the very plants, in the dirt, in the landfills, in the polluted air, in the hearts of the humans who we mistreat and call lesser, if not intentionally, and our lack of interest in caring for them well. For the areas of our earth that we cannot see, for all the pieces of creation that we choose to ignore, we tend to forget that we were merely one of the many things that God created, and that it is in every living creature that we can behold God. I loved how one theologian describes our text today. The journey of creation becomes the journey of a people. Genesis does not intend to be a science lesson, not even a history lesson, but rather a theological treatise. This is how much God loves and wants the world. God delighted. This passage reminds us that creation began in the watery chaos, and so does our journey in our faith. We are baptized into the chaos that God orders our lives with the dance of the Spirit. 
Sometimes that ordering happens in darkness, but God smiles and darkness rolls aside. We often can't experience the order of what God is doing, but mud people that we are, we are loved. Isn't that beautiful? We cannot possibly fathom or even understand even a mere fraction of what God is doing, but we, these chaotic, messy beings with messy bodies and lives, can tell about our experience. We can look up and see the things that we have been given, whether beautiful tulips growing in our backyard, the warmth of the sun, amazing creatures that live in the wild and sustain themselves, oceans, mountains, awe-inspiring landscapes, or the mere beauty and the creative gifts of those around us. And see there, there is the face of God's own self. In deciphering our passage for this morning, the question was posed this week during our text study. What do we do with what God has given us? Indeed, there has been a misuse of what we have been given as we hurt people, creation, and everything around us. It is our duty, our call to be good stewards of creation, another interpretation of the dominion mentioned in our text. Still, as we celebrate Earth Day this weekend, we are called to celebrate and be in awe of what we have been given. For we can be inspired by God's creation as art in all its forms so beautifully showcases. Creation is about the process, not the product. If we learn nothing else from the pain in our communities, we know that the created must be cared for. That the creative language and process of love is greater than all else. If we genuinely believe that, then we are not only caring for the particular plots of land we love or our loved ones, but we care for all of the living things that God created. We care for the forests consumed by fire and the animals and bodies of water being hurt. We care for our siblings who will not have complete justice until all are treated with honor and love. We are called to create, to continue building our own lives inspired by the beauty of God's creation to create relationships, to create art, to create a home, to create conversations, to engage in our created lives, to continue the act of creation which God started so long ago. To not be so focused on a result, but on taking care of ourselves, our world, and our making. Because our lives are an act of creation, 
an honest process, not an end product. What do we do with all the beauty that our Creator has made? It is up to us to be inspired, to love, to create, and to care for it today. One small brush stroke at a time. In the name of our Creator, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.